Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Kriegendruck Stock Market News. In today's episode, I will summarize and explain the trading day of Tuesday, the 25th of April, 2023. Sit back, relax and enjoy today's episode. The fact that markets are pricing in a Goldilocks scenario makes it very vulnerable to downside risk. If you take a look at the stock market rally we have seen in the past few weeks, it becomes evident that this rally is very or has been very narrow and mostly driven by mega cap tech stocks. The problem with such narrow rallies is that they tend to be unsustainable. This week we are getting the earnings report from the biggest US tech companies and if they turn out to be below expectations, that could put significant downward pressure on stocks given that the rally has been so narrow and mostly focused on tech stocks. The S&P 500 posted its biggest decline in over a month today. First Republic shares declined the most losing an unbelievable 50% in market value within just one trading session. The reason for the significant drop in First Republic shares is that the bank reported $100 billion of deposit outflows during the last month, according to the Financial Times. Regarding this topic, Sam Stovall, chief investment strategist at CFRA Research, said to the Financial Times that, quote, I think that in general, investors believe First Republic is an isolated event. But at the same time, the minute they say that, they have been looking over their shoulder to make sure that no other bank is sneaking up on them. It is like the cockroach theory. If you see one, you are going to see more than one, end of quote. The interesting thing is that we are seeing credit conditions tighten and some sectors of the economy are starting to show signs of weakening. However, the consumer still remains very resilient and that basically has been the story of the current earnings season. Companies like Coca-Cola, McDonald's, Pepsi and Procter & Gamble, just to name a few, have been able to significantly raise their prices and to successfully pass on these higher prices to consumers. This of course has inflationary pressures on the overall economy. If you look at goods spending, which significantly increased during the pandemic and was expected to decline again, it still remains very elevated and the fear is that it will not drop to pre-pandemic levels soon. Spencer Hill from Goldman Sachs argued in a note to clients published on Sunday that, quote, sustainably stronger consumer finances have created new spending power for people at the bottom of the income distribution, end of quote. Robert Armstrong from the Financial Times wrote a beautiful piece about this recently. I believe it could certainly be the case that the distribution of post-pandemic income gains will have macroeconomic implications, for example, economic growth and inflation to remain stickier than is currently anticipated, which would ultimately mean that the Federal Reserve will have to keep rates higher for longer. I believe that we are not truly recognizing the effect that years of loose monetary policy quantitative easing and the immense amount of liquidity that was pumped into the markets, we're not really acknowledging um, the effect this will have on, on a macroeconomic perspective. 
In my opinion, economic growth and inflation will remain stickier than currently anticipated by market participants. The earnings report from First Republic Bank has certainly added to the worries of investors about a potential banking crisis. This fear is clearly reflected in the fall of Treasury yields today. The policy-sensitive two-year Treasury yield fell to 3.94% because investors are looking for the safety of U.S. Treasury bonds. Just at this point, take into consideration that if you look back at history, the two-year Treasury yield during an interest rate hike cycle usually rises above the final Federal Reserve terminal rate, and we are currently far away from that. So this volatility that we are seeing within the two-year Treasury yield is truly far away from normal, and it truly represents a very, very data-dependent Fed. Kem McAtemne, portfolio manager and head of William Blair's global equity team, wrote, according to Bloomberg, that, quote, U.S. regional banks still face headwinds and signs of stress in the system have not fully subsided. But despite the instability in the financial sector, the U.S. Federal Reserve and global central banks remain vigilant in their fight against inflation, end of quote. The conference board reported on Tuesday a larger-than-expected drop in consumer confidence for April and volatility expectations have risen to a one-month high. Other than Financial Republic adding to the fears of investors about regional banks, we got some disappointing earnings today. UPS reported earnings per share at adjusted earnings per share at $2.2. Expected were $2.21. UPS reported revenue of $22.93 billion and expected was a revenue of $23.01. In addition to that, UPS CEO Carol Tom said, according to CNBC, that the company expects volume to remain under pressure in light of, quote, current macro conditions, end of quote. General Motors reported adjusted earnings per share of $2.21 versus $1.73 expected. Revenue was at $39.99 billion, while a number of $38.96 billion was expected. After first quarter results exceeded the business's internal expectations, CFO Paul Jacobson said the company felt confidence in increasing its adjusted earnings guidance, according to CNBC. Spotify also reported reported earnings today. Total revenue grew 14% year over year to 3 billion euros, led by subscriber gains. Gross margin finished at 25.2%, reflecting improved music and podcast profitability. As I mentioned earlier, the fact that the stock market has been very the stock market rally has been very narrow and mostly focused on mega cap tech stocks, we're now entering the so-called sell the news phase of earnings season. This means that even companies that beat expectations could be sold off because the results have already been built into the stock prices of these companies, according to Randy Frederick, Managing Director of Trading and Derivatives at the Schwab Center for Financial Research. Let us take a look at how the major U.S. indexes performed today. The S&P 500 finished the trading day in the red by 1.58%, down to 4.071.6 points. The Nasdaq 100 was down 1.89% and dropped to 12,725.11. 
and the Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped by 1.02%, down to 33,530.83 points. CBOE's VIX Volatility Index increased 11.07% to 18.92, which is, I believe, another one-month high. And the 10-year Treasury yield was down around 12 basis points and dropped to 3.394%. And that is it for today's or for the stock market coverage for Tuesday, um, which was the 25th of April. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hopefully you will come back for the stock market coverage for Wednesday the 26th. Have a great evening.